Well, hello, everybody. Welcome. We got QB here. Hello, Crystal. Hello, Gene Hudson. Oh, Gary. And there's Gary there. So everybody's starting to stack in. So how's everybody doing? Well, thank you. Hey, Michelle. I'm good. We're good. I just want to make sure you wasn't can hear us. <laughs> you can't put her in the naughty corner yet. <laughs> hey, Thomas. Welcome, everybody. So what do we have tonight? Well, this evening, or lunchtime over here, we're going to teach everyone basic dowsing. And we have a guest on, David Kenneth. And he is very passionate as well as I am with the dowsing. So he'll be great for any questions and things like that. You want me to go ahead and bring him in? Yep. David, welcome. Come on down. Hello Thank there, you so kind much. sir. Thank you so much, Grizzly, for letting me participate. I'm really yeah. excited. Mm. This is Michelle, so David. Morning. Hi, David. Nice to meet you. Likewise, yeah. This is a fantastic opportunity. Mm. I'm, absolutely so, fascinated. I'm absolutely fascinated by the occult. And um, you know, one of the things I want to talk about is um, in connection with that, which um, hopefully everybody will find quite exciting. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. We um, cover quite a lot of um, subjects here. Um, Grizzy has shows going all week, and then we do the cryptids, uh, we do the paranormal. So you're well, you're well seated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sent Kath a list of the diff different applications I use for divining, and uh, I think in view of. Um, know what you're basically interested in we might start at um six which is about trapped spirits from people who've died from murder suicide or accidental death excellent we'll get the gang going um today we usually have a card each day today we've got the opossum right i think we had that recently but anyway the opossum is diversion opossum's greatest form of protection is to play dead in doing this, a possum confuses many a predator in, into believing that the game is over. Oftentimes, the confused rival walks away or looks the other direction for a moment and a possum runs to safety. A possum medicine uses a great deal of strategy. If all else, else fails, a possum plays dead. It has the ability to fight with its claws and teeth, but it regularly uses this form of protection. It rarely uses this form of protection. Instead, the supreme strategy of diversion is constantly employed when things get a little too hard to handle. A possum has developed an act that would receive an Academy Award in the animal kingdom. The mask of the death scent is excreted at will, adding to the master play that sends enemies on many trails of confusion. If a possum has turned up in your cards, you're being asked to use strategy in some present situation. Rely upon your instincts for the best way out of a tight corner. If you have to pretend to be apathetic or unafraid, do it. Oftentimes, if you refuse to struggle or show that hurtful words bother you, your taunter will see no further fun in the game. Warriors have used opossum medicine for centuries, playing dead when the enemy nears and outnumbers them. Then in a flash, when the enemy is least expecting it, the war cry is heard. The fright of this serves to further confuse the unsuspecting opposition. Victory is sweet when the strategy is one of mental as well as physical prowess. 
A possum may be relaying to you that you are to expect the unexpected and being clever in achieving your victory. This could be a victory over a bothersome salesperson or a nosy neighbour. In essence, a possum is beckoning, beckoning you to use your brain, your sense of drama and surprise to leap over some barrier to your progress. That's a possum. Oh, wrong button. There we go. Well, last time good? we had skunk. <laughs> yeah, this one's very similar, um, especially in the tactics. Um, like in the reverse position, opposite a possum may be warning you against getting caught in the high drama of your life's present scenario. Close your eyes, scenario, and dramatize. Um, may keep you from seeing the truth of a situation. You may buy into a melodrama in yourself or others. You might as well play dead if you're justifying what you're doing with a tragic victim routine. If this concept does not apply to your situation, take a look at the possibility that you may have recently been giving excuses why for why you don't want to do something instead of telling the truth. In fearing to hurt someone's feelings, you may have trapped yourself in a justification pattern. I'm too sick, I'm too poor, I'm watching my wife, I'm too short, blah, blah. In having to defend yourself with excuses, you may have lost the point. You don't have to defend your right to be. The exercise is in learning to politely say that something would not be appropriate for you at this time. That's all. You owe no one an excuse. You can say no. It's okay to say no. So what you're saying is drama. <laughs> drama. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Hi, Hi, everyone. Okay, you got your pendies ready, everyone? I've got mine. Yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, We've got a big storm, so I don't want to get written off before I get started. Okay. So, dowsing, and that was first mentioned in the 1500s. Yours is beautiful. You should see Grizzies, David. Um, mm -hmm. In the 1500s, Munster calls the rod used of a gula diviner, a, div a divining rod. <laughs> wow. Um, while his fellow countryman Agricola wrote about mining operations in his De Re Metallica, published in 1540. So it, it's been referenced for a very, very long time. Um, in dowsing, we want to know how it works. So I won't go into the string theory. I shall give you a quick explanation the mine <laughs> behave <laughs> you watch out for dennis if you'll get you on the naughty me, list you want me to mute myself no. this will be interesting because we all have probably different ideas as to how i know works, i know so this is why i'm going to do this because i get off in the string theory and we end up everywhere so i'm just mm -hmm. going to read from another person's point of view um the mind operates something like a combination radio or TV receiver and transmitter. A person with a properly trained mind who can concentrate and hold his thought powerfully on a particular object, thought, person, substance or idea becomes in tune with it. The person touches the thing on its own frequency. Nerve cells begin to vibrate in resonance to it. And this vibration has a frequency, a vibratory rate and wavelength which can give it a unique quality tone or color 
Isidore Friedman, a master pendulum operator, maintains that these frequencies also have a certain shape. The nervous system then translates this quality and causes the appropriate agreed upon movement in the pendulum. Attention and concentration are the tuning devices of the mind. The transmitting stations are the objects or people themselves, which are continually broadcasting or radiating energy frequencies. The only problems that occur are then are when there is too much static or interference in either our own heads or the environment then the pendulum readings can be a little bit off. Um, basically, this is what I did years ago, this little drawing. You've got the universe, everything upstairs. You've got the sun, the earth. You've got light energy in the mountains. They're all made out of particles and they join to create atoms. Then matter and then the waves, which are the vibrations and the frequencies. Um, a person contains, we all have a nervous system, we contain energy, and we function kind of like a cosmic computer. Um, our, sensitive, our sensitivity then picks up the, sig the signal, and the pendulum <laughs> is a symbol of that reception. That's one way of looking at it. Um, in all the ways you look at it, you're connecting with your inner self and you're trusting your intuition and you're bringing it from the subconscious to the conscious and seeing the action appearing with the use of a pendulum or whatever tool you're using. Um, all the ethics and protection advice applies. Um, you have to respect everybody's privacy, no matter if they're upstairs, downstairs, wherever they are. Um, all ethics apply. Privacy, confidentiality, depending on what you're doing. Like you wouldn't go down to the supermarket, for example, and openly go to check your pendulum. You would not openly go, am I naked at this moment in time? You know, you have to be careful what you're saying out loud um, in public if you don't want to get kind of hassled. <laughs> but always be very, very careful of what you're saying because the minute you, your intention is set, that you're on your way. Um, you can use it for all sorts of things, testing food, testing water, uh, where can I plant something? Is this the best environment to do this? Um, mapping in cold cases. Uh, you can use it for anything. You can test gemstones to see if they're fake. Um, you can use it for healing to see what energy centers are pumping more than another. Um, balancing energy centers. So what we do first is usually we ground and that's setting your intention. When you're grounding, you think about your intention of what your question is going to be and protect up. Um, you don't want to pick up on any other energies that are not included in your intention. So you protect up very well. As soon as you set your intention, which is your question, um, you're fully grounded and you're linking into those vibrations of whatever your target is. Um, 
so then you set your intention and then when you set your intention first we need to like i call it calibrating so you get your yes and your no i always say you can use anything you like it anything that you know the answer to is definitely yes um or no so i say i know mine's off the air as usual i always ask am i a four-legged dog anywhere in the universe to get my no and hopefully it's a no <laughs> so that so, but that's what i use because there's no can like i'm not a four-legged dog right here and now so i know that's a definite no um front ways like this there's no answer you usually need to redefine the question um so that you can have a definite yes or no it takes a little while when you first start to douse it, sometimes it won't come straight away but don't worry it, it will come it's more a um trust of yourself and once you trust and believe in yourself to the point you have no doubt then the the energy is free flowing so you're kind of on your way there's different pendies you can use depending on the task um this one's a tiny little baby one that's good for mapping it's very light but you can't use that outside um for my outside <laughs> i use this brontosaurus because you know it won't yes exactly <laughs> yep <laughs> i've got this other baby same thing they're just plumbers um bobs this one is more finer pointed it's tourmaline this one you can undo the top and put something in there so that if you're looking specifically for sapphire uh, something like that you can um, implant to give you a better connection um then i have the rods which i'm going to need help with david about some of these this one i don't know much about or this one so david i'll need you later on for that one hey everybody <laughs> um, and i have my rods i don't often oh use God. my rods <laughs> i know um I don't use them often inside. I prefer to use these out in the field. Uh, they, I can be more comfortable when I'm using them. Um, when you're hanging on to your pendies, it's often advised to hang it over the top of your thumb there. Excuse my fingernails. That way you get a good solid hold and keep your elbows in like you're doing gym work so that your elbows tied in like tied in so there's no movement like when you're doing is it bench presses you keep your elbows in and that keeps it nice and tight within you and then you have your question after you've grounded and you've protected up your question has to be super succinct so there's no gray areas um very succinct like specific yes specific yeah sorry i'm losing it um because <laughs> the more the gray area the harder it is to get your answers um when i'm doing the cases i'll start off with a basic 
um, question that I'll get a yes, no answer for, and then I will go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Grizzy's gone away. <laughs> um, and that's how we do it, basically. So you set your question. Um, for practicing, it's good to, like, you can practice and say, where's north? And you're, you've got a compass. You can get positive free feedback if you're on the right track or not. Um, and when you start finding things, you get gain more and more confidence as you go along. And it's more trust in yourself, really. Um, trust without doubt. So that you're 100% trusting your intuition um, and there are no grey areas. So to practice... Practice with your north, south, and always remember it'll be different if you're dousing in the northern or the southern hemisphere. You need to recalibrate or you need to be specific in when you're setting up your intention. Um, I've been caught out a couple of times um, when I've been dousing in the northern hemisphere and I'm sitting here in the southern hemisphere. It shouldn't matter. Depending on what you're doing, it may matter. It has mattered to me a couple of times and I got false readings. So then I had to reset and go again. I always try and verify what I'm doing. Um, if, if your pendy's not giving you a clear answer, if it's just going backwards and forwards and that, it may mean I always say to my pendy first thing, do you feel like dousing? You know, like I talk to it. Um, it'll tell me straight off. If it doesn't want me to douse for that day, I may not be in the right frame of mind or, you know, you're too tired or it's best just not to do it. Do it later on. It will tell you, you know, can, do you want to douse with me today? And you should not look at the answers. Don't look at the pendulum. Um, the mind is a strong tool of influence. Um, if you find any illness in anybody, don't tell them straight out. Um, you don't delve into medical without, you know, being super duper careful. If something's going on with a person in their body, it's best to refer on or say to them, oh, it might be a good idea to go and have a checkup, like your car. You do your car every year, you might want to go and check out your, your body as well. You know, if you could feel something is not quite right in the person, um, and you really think they should see a doctor or a healer or whatever, then uh, refer on. But don't say anything like, oh, you're going to cark it or, you know, something like that or, you know, because you can really hurt people by what you say. And also if you're dousing in, a say, a group healing situation, um, someone might go off. They might have a panic attack. You really have to be careful um, I'll get back to you, Rebecca. Um, you have to be really, really careful with the body, you know, and your ethics and principles and morality and, you know, we're dealing with other people's energies. It's personal. Um, so you need to be very careful. Um, as far as dousing for things like do you, does he love me, does she love me, that sort of thing, it's not a good idea. Um and all the answers are only for this moment in time. So in five seconds, 
I may have a totally different answer. Everything's for only this moment in time. Um, that's why after a case, when I do a case, if I start the case on, the say, the Sunday, I'll do the case Monday, Tuesday, then I leave it, and then I come back on the Friday and re-verify just to make sure that I'm still... Because the guy, if I'm after trying to find a missing person, that person may have been alive on Monday, may not be alive on Friday. So then I have to verify everything to make sure, you know. Um, um, what do you reckon, David? Have I missed anything? Confused anyone? Oh, my God, you are just incredible. That's, um, I just want to keep on interjecting all the time and just <laughs> um, get you to expand on certain things and uh, also uh, enter a discussion. Uh, certainly not arguments, just discussions, because um, we're so much on the same wavelength. It's unbelievable. Mm. Oh, that's so, good. <laughs> that's mm. a plus. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you like to introduce yourself? And um, seems I've been so rude and haven't done that <laughs> as yet. <laughs> Everybody, this is David. <laughs> okay. Uh, my name's David Kennett. I'm in Western Australia. Um, all my life, I've had the most amazing spiritual experiences for which there was absolutely no explanation. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I just felt there was a calling. And I'm, I was born in Sydney, um, but I've lived in England five times. And I've, um, but I seem to get more spiritual experiences here than I do in England. But at the same time, one of them that was really interesting was uh, the last time I was in England, England, which was quite a long time ago, 19. 70s, I think, or 60s, 70s. Oh, I don't know. And when you get to my age, 82, you know, you lose track of time, don't you? But um, anyway, I was selling double glazing and I went into this particular house and the lady said to me, while you're doing your calculations, David, um, I'll make a cup of tea. I've already made um, some scones. So I said, well, that's very kind of you. But I said, I can't eat your scones because I'm gluten intolerant. And anyway, with that, she said, no, that's ridiculous. You know, wheat is the lifeblood of people. So anyway, with that, she slipped off a wedding ring and tied a piece of cotton to it and got me to hold it above one of the scones. And with that, it went anti-clockwise. And really and truly, I didn't really know what was happening. And she just said, oh, my goodness, it's saying it's not good for you. So I said, well, I was diagnosed in 1967 at the St. John's Hospital in off Leicester Square in London and uh, with this um, allergic reaction to wheat and gluten. And so I said, that's the reason why. And so that was a very good introduction to using a pendulum. But up to then, I'd really only thought of using divining rods. And uh, so um, that was quite a new experience. But I found that with the divining rod, it was a bit frustrating because uh, one of the things I do is uh, I have what I call my circle of elements. Um, and I've listed compass bearings for particular elements. So if I, if I say lead for argument's sake, it'll point to 2.5 degrees east of north. Now, if I say gold, it'll change direction like this. Um, if I say nitrogen, it goes over to west. So um, this is really fascinating and useful in a multitude of ways. But my big question is, um, how is this working? And I think that we are um, connected to the universe and the very word divining seems to suggest the word God, which a lot of people are not happy with, but it's just a word to explain something that we don't understand, and I'm certainly quite happy with it. Um, 
But I teach over in Nepal. I've been there three times. I would have been there more times had it not been for COVID, which prevented me from going in two years. Oh, we're not allowed um, to say that, David. Oh, oh, oh no, uh, pandemic. You're fine. Just pandemic. Sorry. Yeah, you're fine. The pan the pandemic's prevented me from going there. Anyway, um, one of the things that um, fascinates me. Okay, I'm single. I've never had children, but my sisters have had kids, and and I've watched lots of people have children and whatever. And what is fascinating is they take the baby home and they put it in a cot in a certain position. And then when they go back into the room, the baby has moved around, even though it's been reasonably well restrained. And I think, you know, why is that crazy? And they always put the child back in the same position and they go in, in the original position and they go back again and the child has turned. And so what we should do is... Um, Move the bassinet or the cot uh, so the child can sleep where it is trying to get to because intuitively it knows where there is a safe place. And I have gone into homes where people say, oh, we never sleep well, and I go into their bedrooms and I say, well, your head needs to be here and your feet needs to be there. And I remember on one occasion I went into three bedrooms in this particular house and they had three boys that were all out playing sport that particular day. And... Uh, Anyway, we went up into the first bed. So I said, this child needs to have his head here and his feet there. And the wife just said to me, God, that's amazing. <laughs> she said, that's exactly how tall he is. And uh, no, and I'd never seen this child. And it was the same for every child. And the next day, the wife phoned up and she said, David, we've got to thank you. She said, we've all slept like we've never slept before in this house. And uh, But another thing that really fascinates me is... Um, um, the way we can connect with all manner of different things. And here in Australia, we have geckos, and I suppose there's geckos in other countries. I don't know. And uh, anyway, one day I was down on the floodplain on my property because I'm doing forestry research, and I was with two adults um, who had a um, farm tree nursery. And they suggested I grew a particular melaleuca that was endemic to the region. And so I'd bumped into either the husband or wife, I can't remember, in the local town. And I said, look, you've got to come and have a look at these uh, Melaleuca, Hamulo um, Melaleuca um, yeah, Hamulosa, um, because I'm just so pleased with them. So they came up, and there's this three adults, and we're standing around, and this little gecko comes out of its hole. So I bend down, and I put my hand on the ground, and I say, hello, little gecko. I said, if you and God are really happy with the work I'm doing for the environment, come and give me a kiss. And with that, this little gecko came across uh, and touched my finger on the hand with its uh, tongue. And these little geckos, they're only about this long, and normally they are so skittish. And just yesterday, there was a bee trapped in the house against the window. And I said, look, I want to help you. I said, just come on board my finger and I will carry you outside. And I, so I put my finger close to it and climbed on and I walked out the house and it just flew away. <laughs> so we are connected to all these things in a way that science cannot explain. But obviously, um, this is, you know, we are communicating with something which goes back. And I remember years ago, um, a friend of mine um, would had a, Oh, not a disagreement, but for some unknown reason, this friend just didn't want to be friends anymore. And I thought this was so sad because we'd been so close as friends. And I just said to God, um, dear God, please let me see see this friend this morning. And uh, anyway, I went. And anyway, he lived in a completely different part of um, Perth. And uh, 
So uh, I went to the local shopping center and, uh, well, it wasn't my local shopping center, funnily enough, but a, a shopping center. And anyway, I was sitting down having a cup of coffee. And uh, now what I'd said, oh, dear, oh, dear, I forget how what I've said. Um, so okay. I said, please may I see this friend so we can try and sort out whatever the differences are and whatever. Anyway, so I just sat down for coffee and this friend walked in and I said, what are you doing over here? So he says, I honestly don't know. He said, it's my sister's wedding tomorrow. And I woke up this morning and something told me to go to Karen Up Shopping Centre. <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing so um you know and we had a, an amazing bond which um unfortunately just um no wasn't interested in carrying on the friendship but that's his problem Never not mine. mind it was meant mm. to be yeah Did, but yeah what Sorry. we should do is, as i was mentioning about the baby in the cot uh and people they should just move the cot around so the child can sleep uh in the position it wants to and maybe the constraints within the cot are so much that the child can't get to the place it really wants to sleep. So it might take two or three movements over a couple of days or nights to um, get the ideal position. So, um, Do you have so a special um, protection technique? One of the, was it Rebecca was asking what protection technique, but I think everybody has their own special protection techniques depending okay. on what law l-o-r-e they're into yeah well i absolutely hate religions um uh, and so so does god because <laughs> i've asked god whether he likes religions or not and he says he hates them as well so um anyway and i, I don't want to offend anybody here but um that's the way it is Any, anyway um so i just say dear god please protect me from anything that might be um um malevolent towards me and yeah. uh, this leads me into something else which is really quite interesting i bought this property that i've got on which i'm doing this forestry research back in 2001 and i bought it without actually walking on it all i'd divined done was divine um on a, a sketch just drawn in the sand away from the property to see if there were lots of underground streams because this is what i was looking for and uh, anyway so um the first time I walked on it, I went up to the top and I looked down over the valley and I burst out crying. And I thought, what on earth is happening to me? 60 years old. And I just burst out crying. So uh, anyway, I thought, well, I'll ask my divining rod. And I just thought, well, I wonder. If... Oh, and then um, the guy from whom I bought the property came across and he said to me, well, we're having a cup of tea outside my caravan that I lived in for five years. He said, um, you think I'm strange when I tell you this? And he gesticulated to where I'd burst out crying. He said, I would burst out crying. And I said, I believe you, Fred, because it's already happened to me. And then I had two other friends come up, uh, or they, they were just people that I'd just met you know, over the, the few days. And uh, so they came up to see what I was doing. And they both burst out crying in the same area. They, they came at different times. And uh, but so that's four of us had had this experience of crying. So I asked my divining rod um, whether somebody had died there and I said yes. So I said, please give me a, an indica indication of male. And if it goes to the right, it's male. And if I say give me an indication of female, it goes to my left. And uh, so it indicated it was a female. So I asked, how did she die? Did she die from murder? And it says no, which is to the left. Um, was it accident? No. Was it suicide? Yes. So, um, so then I determined her age and the year which was 1897 and she was 22 years old and she had committed suicide 
which you can fully understand because in 1897 without air conditioning and just you know the conditions must have been horrendous because people were going to and from the gold fields during the gold rush at that period of time so you can understand somebody being driven to it so anyway the words came into my head and i just uh, call and i've done this hundreds of times and i'll relate another story which is really fascinating um i just call upon the spirit guides of the deceased person to come and collect their spirit and guide them to god or to you god um uh, so they can find eternal peace and happiness as you see fit and they just go and uh, it's really amazing the way this happens. And and I know for sure that the spirits do go because um, there's one lady, she phoned up one day from a suburb in Perth and she said, David, I've heard about you doing spiritual healing. She said, I've had priests here several times and other people who claim they can clear these spirits. And she said, I'm absolutely desperate. Now, can you help me? So I said, okay, give me your address. So she gave me her address and I, I looked it up on Google Earth, so I, and I only use one divining rod because um, when you go over an underground stream, I should have two divining rods here. Uh, if you go over an underground stream, the divining rods will either cross like that, um, or they'll go like that. And I say to experienced diviners, you know, what? Why is it like that? So if you go from one side, it'll go that way, and from the other side that way. So I just get rid of one of them so i say show me where the underground stream is and it'll go that way and that yeah. is the direction yeah. of water is flowing so i can say okay i'd like you to point upstream and it'll just <laughs> instantly turn yeah. in the other direction which is absolutely amazing but when i'm i'm working on google earth you need a free hand so i because i yeah. run my finger across the screen um like this and when i get to the appropriate place on the screen the divining rod will turn like this it's a bit difficult to Oh, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. Because uh, so it I, really is hard to do the mapping on the Google Earth. The, to get uh, the exact GPS location is really hard. I can, do a I can find the best place on 100,000 acres in five minutes. Mm. Best place someone, someone said once, um, do, do I ever not find water? And I said <laughs> no, because before you go out, you know, you don't go out unless you check it all out first. So that mm. you don't go out and not find it because you've already checked it out before you go. That's um, right. It, so, yeah. But also with the streams, you've got the three levels. You know, you've got your first you hit the outside, then you hit the main flow, and then you've got the other flow on the other side. That when I was first learning, that was really tricky to sort out. And that one of the divining rods that this the man that was teaching me had, I know I said this last week, was massive, great big wire, really heavy. But he yeah. used that to get the the flow strength. So because it was so heavy, it'd go boof, you know, when, when the flow was really fast and deep so that you're getting a good flow, the large one would just go boof. But, gee, it was hard to, you know, to manage. In the end, mm. I go... Um, I put the rods down and went back to my pendulum and I followed him around and um, we did both at the one time. But mm. in that experience, I found that the pendy was much more sensitive. I, I was picking up stuff the rods weren't. I don't know oh, if right. it was just fluke or there was so much water around, but it was really interesting to have two going at once, you know, to see how right. the, the accuracy was different. Yeah. 
can you move uh, underground open. channels with the rods? Say that again. Can you move the direction of flow with the rods? Of the oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a fantastic story if I may in a moment. But um, oh, I lose track of what I was going to say. Um, if the if you're yeah. playing around with underground water, um, it's a bit of a no-no because you're changing natural energy flow um, that can really cause some havoc later on. Um, you're changing the geophysical or the geo um, electromagnetics. So you can do it, but as it's pretty dangerous to do because you it's you're changing natural energy flows you can end up trapping water uh, um you can end up having you know creating a big hole that wasn't there before uh, i don't recommend it and does dowsing rods need to be a certain size or material this is interesting um when i got my property i wanted a ball put down so i divined where i wanted it and it turned out to be a fantastic place and um i didn't realize just how fantastic it was until some time later um which i'll hopefully go on to in a moment anyway the the son of the person who had this business the drilling business he said i'll oh, trust dad because uh, he's been doing it for 50 years so he has a container on his side with about 10 or 12 different divining rods and he says, this one only reacts to this and this one only reacts to that and whatever. Whereas I just say, I only want to find an underground stream which has potable water and um, a, a decent um, flow rate that can be tapped into, et cetera, et cetera. And it'll totally disregard anything else. And it'll yeah. just go to the one. But now yeah. what I do on Google Earth, I just, whether it's a one acre or a hundred acres or a thousand acres, I just look at Google Earth and I just say, show me the best place for a bore for potable water. And I just go across the screen and it'll point there, east and west. Then I go up the screen, north and south. And uh, so I know exactly where to go to. And then I plot the exact place. Yeah. Um, what is really frustrating is so often the drilling contractors don't um, set the drill rig up exactly upright or they strike what is called a floater in the ground. And so when the drill goes down, it gets pushed off a little bit. And I, I had this experience in the Darling Scarp here in Western Australia and the this guy from Zambi, um, Zambi not Zambezi, um, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe uh, phoned me up and he said, oh, David, it's a dry hole. So I said, look, wait till tomorrow um, and check it then. So he checks the next day and it, the hole had filled up um, to about three meters from the surface. So I said, look, um, hang a plumb bob down the, down the um, hole and just see if it's um, upright. And it went down to the water at three meters and it went from one side of the four inch casing to the other side of the four inch casing. So it was obviously off by say half a degree or something like that. Anyway, so I said, I've got an idea which you might like. So he says, I think I'm on the same wavelength as you. Now, how about we drop some gelignite down and <laughs> explode it <laughs> at the depths of where I've identified where the, the water is flowing. So he, he knew somebody who was good with explosives. So they, they did this and he and called yet. me up. And he said, oh, David, he says, um, the water just started gushing into the hole it was just fantastic thanks very much mm. have you found like with you can get copper rods you can get your brass rods you can just get fencing wire 
Um, mm. I'll just cut some fencing wire. But um, I've found that, yes, copper is highly conductive, but there are other, like in some cases, they can like splatter the oral, the aura. Um, but as you say, it's all in the intention and your question. I find that it's best to keep everything really simple. The, the more simple, the less variance, anomalies, grey areas you'll get um, because it's all in your question. Everything is in the question. Um, yeah. If you've got your question succinct, that's the answers you'll, you'll receive. Um, yeah. And the more simple, the less grey area. Um, yeah. And with the different like tools, they're, they're they're all the same thing. It's just an indication of your intuition on the outside of your um, your physical body, so that you're seeing your intuition in real life as as a tool. Um, it's a visual tool, but you can your body can be used in the same way, like. If I don't have a tool and I'm a bit sus on what's going around, around me energetically, I'll just use my body. I, I feel it's safer that way. No one's watching what you're doing. Um, you know, you can just do it without any interference because no one's expecting you to rock your body. Front I love that, Kath. Um, one day I was walking down the paddock and uh, and I thought something, oh, I, I must ask God that. And I was just holding this in my arm hanging down rather like this. And all of a sudden, my arm started <laughs> rotating to the right, indicating yes uh, to my question. So yeah. I said, I, and no, this is just fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's um, often I just take my bunch of keys. Uh, well, I drive to the shops for argument's sake. And so um, I'm gluten intolerant. So I want to know if a particular food has got wheat in it or not. And uh, so I can just... Um, I used to use my keys, but now, and people often used to say to me, what are you doing? And I'd sell them. And, but now I just um, let my arm hang loose and I just look at something and it'll either go clockwise or anti-clockwise to say whether or not it's got gluten in it. If, if um, a word of advice, when you start using your body, make sure when you're, you're tuning in to say your yes and no. So I say rock forward for yes, rock backwards for no. Um, yeah. In the if I'm just centered in the middle and I, I'm not rocking backwards or forwards, then I'm I'm in search mode. I I don't have a target addressed. I'm just there rocking. Um, right. Make sure though when you're saying your yes and no's when you're using your body, to tell the energies not to push you too far backwards or forwards. I nearly ended up flat on my back one day because I I wasn't succinct enough in you know explaining i don't want to go flat on my back or flat a face plant you know so right. just be careful what you are saying and include not to flatten you either front ways or backwards <laughs> it happens you need yeah. to be careful with that can i ask a can i ask a silly question um no going back to going back to the energy of like underground water or a ley line um is it is it possible because as we realize sometimes homes have been built or buildings have been built over the top of those types of energy lines and it can cause great chaos within the house 
Um, and sometimes it's not always possible to shift, you know, away from that. Um, and I have tried to diffuse the energy of a ley line that runs through the house. And I know <laughs> you be quiet. <laughs> okay. okay. I know, I Come on, this I is fascinating. <laughs> So. I didn't get to, I, no, I did, I, I used crystals, okay, to, first of all, I used crystals along the ley line to diffuse. I used rose quartz to try to soften the energy and absorb some of the energy, and then I used some other crystals to try to divert it around a little bit, just a bit. And according to um, the dowsing rods that I was successful in doing that, and I shifted it by about... A foot, I think. The mm. energy, the actual energy. Now, I'm not talking a water, underground water, but is it possible that you can do something like that? In, if I'm allowed to answer this question, that, that is really interesting. Um, years ago, I was on the radio in Perth and uh, somebody phoned up and um, left a message for me t telling me about a another water diviner and uh, so uh, i thought it'd be good to contact this guy so i went along and saw him and he taught me some interesting things um trees when they are growing over underground streams trees trees that have a habit like this tend to bend over like this and you'll see this with uh, and in my back garden in my city home i had a, an acacia and that was going that way from one side and a macadamia tree going that way the other side they're absolutely amazing and there's an underground stream flowing right through there um so that is interesting and the other thing that was uh, this gentleman pointed out to me was that whatever the if you sleep above an underground stream um the chances are you'll get cancer and um and I've been to lots of houses where, sorry, I'm not allowed to that. You'll get C. And um, anyway, so um, people, I've been to um, people and I've identified where, particularly where underground streams cross, which is the places where you look for to put down the best ball because you get a cocktail of the water flowing into underground streams. And you know, one is coming normally from the northeast to the southwest and not from the northwest to the southeast. And uh, anyway, um, he showed me this and if you put down some blue material um, on the ground or or on the bedroom floor or whatever um, it, the divine rod will not then react to the underground stream that's flying there so i had a science um, background so you you have something that's a, a sine wave and so um, the blue must have a um, a wave form which is 80 180 degrees out of sync with the um the energy that's coming from the underground stream so it cancels it out but wow. equally, yeah so this is quite fascinating and there seems to be any shape of blue um here in western australia um, um a lot of women working in the a abc uh, studios in Duong in brisbane were getting cancer breast cancer and uh, anyway they ended up um moving the um studios somewhere else and uh, and they demolished it anyway what i discovered was that there were three underground streams flowing beneath the middle of it and it was most unusual the underground streams were forming a triangle right in the middle of this building and it 
I wrote to the government, I wrote to the ABC and whatever, I never got a reply because I'm terrified that this site is going to be redeveloped and people are going to be living there in high-rise buildings and the incidence of cancer is going to be absolutely colossal. I wonder but, if the um, vibratory rate of the blue counteracts the vibratory rate, you know, like that's exactly of water. What, that's exactly what I'm saying. So yeah. the, the waves, yeah. That's interesting. I wonder how that happened with the fires in Hawaii. I better be quiet. Okay, delete, delete. Carry on. So what you're saying is it's possible. It's possible to to actually diffuse that energy if you're having to live over the top of it. Yeah. Well, by putting blue on the floor, that is good. Yeah. But this is another interesting thing that I did. So and if you I have like blue carpet or blue. Anything doesn't blue. matter what material, anything no, blue. No, no, anything Maybe blue. Maybe that blue insulation stuff you could put down underneath the floorboards instead of putting it on top of the floorboards. Yeah, because it's interesting what you say about the water because I feel that living over the top of an energy line or a ley line actually um, creates chronic fatigue. Yeah, me or too. An auto, or an autoimmune disorder. Okay. Yep. Yeah, well, just, yep. just try it yourself. Find where there's an underground stream and have a blue towel or something like that and just lay it over it and then just walk either side of the towel, towel uh, and you'll see that the divine rod will indicate where the underground stream is and then walk across the towel and the divine rod will not respond. It's amazing. Well, I just want to find that, I just want to find something to put on the ley line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the blue yeah. will work because it's like blue with water, blue. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check yeah. it out with low lines. Unless you visually put it over there, you know, like not a physical thing, a visual. Intention. Intention. Yes. yes. The power of intention is incredible. It's just. Um, yeah. I might try well, that later because I've got one under mine as well. Michelle and I, we've got our, posi our beds so in the, the wrong position. Yeah. Color blue, yes, Gene. Anything blue color, David said. Mm, that's correct. But I'll tell you something else that you can try, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, and th this just sounds absolutely impossible, I know. But um, there's a lady friend of mine. She has chronic, I think it's called scoliosis of the spine, where the spine is you no know, fatly curved uh, from birth. Anyway, she heard about this uh, American lady who could do healing. So this lady came out from America. And so um, Annalise invited me to go there and meet this woman. And anyway, in the course of conversation, the lady said to me, what do you do? So I explained what I was doing. And so I said, no, living over underground streams is bad. So I, I can't remember where she lived, somewhere in Ohio, if I recall correctly. Anyway, so we looked it up on Google Earth. And uh, so I said, look, you're living over two underground streams. Um, so I said, um, you won't believe this, but um, all we can do is give it a go. And anyway, with that, I just go uh, on the Google Earth image where I put a line. I just go flick, 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 flick. And um, I then divine to see if I've moved the underground stream. So I moved the one that was going from the northeast to the southwest. So I just moved it up that way. And then the one that was flowing the other direction, I moved that way. And uh, anyway, when she got back, um, to America, uh, she sent an email saying, oh, this is amazing. Um, she, <laughs> she, she said, I got back home and the next door neighbors, um, 
underground room, what do you call basement was flooded. Oh. <laughs> See? <laughs> See? <laughs> mm. So um I now always say, look, if it's appropriate, God, please do this, or if it's not appropriate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll have um, to try that. I had rocks, I had major rocks and everything like all through the house in specific yeah. locations, experimenting yeah. and then use the rods to see where if I was able to had been able to shift the energy of it or not. Um, and there was rocks everywhere. Anyone walking in would have thought I was crazy because there'd be a big pile of crystals, you know, sitting in specific locations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you give us an example, David, of you using your pendulum or something to show the audience? Yeah. Um, can you see these quite obviously? Yes. Uh, that's quite clear. Um, sometimes when I'm in front of a large audience, I use this one. Um, but you can't use this outside because the wind catches it and um, blows it around. So I'm, I'm most comfortable with these. As I say, um, if, if you're going initially, because most people think of divining initially for looking for water. And if you go across and the divine rods go like that, that and I covered this a little bit earlier, um, you think to yourself, which way is the water flowing? Because if you approach the underground stream from one direction, it'll go like that. But if you approach from the other direction, it'll go like that. So I get, I now only ever use a single divining rod and it'll point in the direction of flow. But what is so incredible is I can say, look, uh, please point upstream in future and it'll instantly turn around and it will keep on pointing upstream every time I divine until such time as I um, ask it to revert to pointing downstream, which is amazing. Do you have a so, specific question, Grizzy? Oh. Mm -mm, I just want to see his example to, for the audience to see. Right. This is what I call my circle of elements. And, um, wow. Okay. So I align that with north. So like um, Cash mentioned earlier, no, I just say show, show me north. So I just align it like that. So I can just say then to a person, um, I want to know, uh, or the person says to me, I'd like to know what elements are missing from their diet. And uh, anyway, this is really interesting because in Australia here, our soils are very deficient in boron. And um, um, I suggest anybody looks up on the internet the borax conspiracy because um, the pharmaceutical companies in America got together and gave bribes to parliamentarians to... Um, uh, Passed laws that would prevent any or that made anybody who sold borax, which is boron, um, had to put not to be taken or poison on it. And, uh, and this is a most incredible element. It's really important for um, stopping us from getting arthritis. And uh, anyway, a friend of mine, he had chronic arthritis long before I met him and his wife and children. And uh, anyway, I, I nagged him and nagged him and nagged him. And, because it said this not to be taken um, on the on the packaging, that he refused to take it. But it tastes awful. And, uh, and I'll show you. i take it myself. One moment, please. I use that to clean the drains. Yes, I am. When do they get sick? <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff. 
Yeah, Drano. Going to clean your pipes. Oh, I bought the wrong one. This one's not open yet. One moment, please. Any other questions there? Um, I think That's Cliff was asking on. a question about. Yeah. It was a big yeah. question. I'm back. It tastes absolutely revolting. Oh, I bet it does. <laughs> I just I lick my finger and I stick yeah, it in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Don't, please don't cark it on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Yucky. This, this is ginger. Mm. I normally spread it on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> And you don't taste it then. But it's brilliant. Anyway, this friend, as I say, finally has a word with his, finally has a word with his specialist. And the specialist says, look, if it doesn't do you any good, it certainly won't do you any harm. So he started taking this. And most people need about a quarter of a teaspoon a day. And in two weeks, he was off all his ter uh, terrible medication, um, for which every three months he was having blood tests. And... Uh, in constant pain but people are so stupid this guy he's a nice guy but he's so stupid in many ways once he got off the off the drugs um he stopped taking the, the borax and i said look you've got to carry on and of course ultimately the amount of um boron in his diet um went down so he, he went back onto it but you know it's it should be on our food on a daily basis but, um, it's not. I, I run a Healy scan on, which is a frequency, and I run a scan on myself every morning, and every morning it comes up with different vital substances that are missing. Right. And it, arsenic is one of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come up here. Why don't lick your finger and put it in there? No. And it changes every day, and it can be like... Um, L-thionine, it can be, you know, all those ones. I haven't had borax come up. I don't think that's a vital substance, but it's obviously mimicking something else, is it? I don't know about mimicking anything else, but here in Australia, our soils are not totally deficient, and the, the agriculture here is um, hydroponic. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the soil purely supplies support and everything else. I, I can back that up because I've been doing it daily, just out of curiosity, and it's amazing yeah. um, what 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 deficiencies come, and it changes daily. So it's yeah. Mm. So I it, and going with the animals, it made me wonder about the animals because the animals are getting sick, and mm. it seems like the feed, the processed feed that we're having to supplement them with, is not doing the job, yeah. and so mm. they're actually deficient in a heap of vital substances as well. Um, mm. That. that needed so yeah interesting but i don't know if i want to finger lick borax <laughs> this is another fantastic product um it comes from pakistan the himalayas whatever uh, yeah. himalayan salt and it's got 84 trace elements in it wow and the, and the body is amazing um it'll get rid of what it doesn't want um a mate no, of mine no. uses sulfur. He puts sulfur in um, honey. Yes. And, and kind yeah. of like the charcoal effect, you know, to get rid of all the poisons in your body. 
It's right. dangerous. Don't listen, everybody. Don't listen to us at the moment. Um, David, well, you you the, make this show... up. I suggest you... everybody makes this up for themselves and they'll find out exactly what they want, what they mean. Yeah. David, can you show us some examples using your rods? Yeah, so the gang can follow what you're doing. So, like, we start, we ground, we protect, we set our intention, and then we we have our rods. So, David, ask ask um your rods if I'm a four legged dog or something like that, and show the, <laughs> show, the, show, the show the show everyone how you do it. Okay, it's already done. It's saying no. Show me yes. <laughs> show me no. Okay, um, ask something else then. Okay. Am I over 60? Oh, well, no, no, it's it said yes and then it went to no. So you must <laughs> never ask a woman at her age. So you probably are, but um, you don't admit um, it. <laughs> anything you like. Oh, ask that's her. true. That is true. She doesn't do the sixes. <laughs> Spot on. Correct. I finished at 59. That's it for me. I'll show you this book. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and I've used this for quite a few people. Um, if, if I'm in a class, I'll just ask for volunteers. And um, anyway, on this particular occasion, this young lady with very black hair, I don't think she was Asian, but her hair was black as if she was Asian. Anyway, I said, look, I don't know, want to know what your problem is. Just, um, just in your mind, um, think, you know, I would like to cure this or cure that. Anyway, I then just get my book out and I say, okay, her name was Crystal. So I said, um, I want to know if there's a, a plant in here which will remedy um, the problem that um, she is concerned about. Anyway, so we open up the page, and I can't remember for the life of me what it was, but it was a herb which brings back the color of your hair when you're starting to go gray. And... Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, and I can't remember for the life of me what page it was on and whatever. But anyway, I thought, well, I'll give this a go as well. And, was it Herb uh, Robert? Was it which? Herb Robert. No, I don't know what it was called. Um, no way. Okay. Um, with with the rods, there are anyway. different like ways to hold <laughs> them as well. Like some rods you hold up so that they're up this way. And they yeah. will cross up ways. Then, mm. like if you're holding them this way, yes. you need to be loose and <laughs> tie your little finger around the bottom bits. I don't know how you hold those enormous rods. It's crazy. They're, they're not to that me. big. Like they're only about a foot. How big mine is. Yeah. No, that's yeah. why I only use them outside because I don't want to poke anything. No. But this is fantastic because they don't get caught in the wind very much. Um, so, um, yeah, they're um, good. And I even make one. Oh, this is amazing. This is an amazing story. Um, um, in two years, I, 2009 and 2011, I was a finalist in the United Nations World Environment Day Awards. And uh, anyway, they were being presented in Melbourne. And uh, anyway, I went across and stayed with my sis uh, sister and brother-in-law. But first of all, I stayed with a friend of mine who also lived. So I phoned up my sister the next morning and I said, where should we go today? So she go, says to me, go to Sarah's place. So she gave me Sarah's place. Now, I have no idea where Sarah lived other than an address. So <clears throat> we got into the car and I said to Richard, 
I said, look, I'll show you something amazing. And <coughs> I was just drawn to do this because I had never done it before. But I just got in the we got in the car. I was not driving, and I just said, "Please guide us to Sarah's home." And it went yes, like this. So it said, "Go," indicated left out of the gate. So a little way down the road, it said, "Go to the right." But right as we are at the junction, so I said, "Oh God, you've got to give us a bit of warning." I said, "Now about a hundred meters before the next intersection, I had to go <coughs> flick, flick, flick right, or flick, flick, flick left." <coughs> so we can get in the appropriate line so we backed off and then turned right and um, anyway it did this you know as as i'd requested and it took us to my niece's house right the way across melbourne and we just went through back streets so there was no traffic no anything and when we got there richard just said i just cannot believe what i've seen david but it's um it's amazing. Like when you're mapping, you get it'll you just follow what direction it goes and you can just walk along with it. Yeah. You know, and it'll be going, you know, I'm gonna get zapped shortly. If I get zapped, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for coming on, David. I'll just tell you quickly. Um okay. I'm about to get zapped, I think. Um right. can can any of the our watchers watch you do some is there any questions for everyone's got yeah Anyone? they want to see david uh demonstrate okay any questions they would like answered brian wants to know will he find bigfoot next week oh if i find what next week if bigfoot. brian will find bigfoot next week all right <laughs> we're into the cryptids big time <laughs> right yeah, I only do serious things. Yeah. Mm. This is serious. <laughs> <coughs> mm. um, one of the things I do is um, companion plants, um, which is really interesting. So, um, so um, uh, with vegetables. I've got a from, yes, Brian. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how you can. I don't think you can use a pen. A divine rod is so much easier for this. This is fascinating. That's that bloody borax. <laughs> yeah, let me have another swig of my. <laughs> yeah, Brian, I got a definite yes, you will. Well, okay, the Earth's magnetic field um, is amazing. And in the just after the Second World War, a couple of American scientists working in Germany discovered a grid pattern within the Earth's magnetic field. And it's called the Curry Grid. And it's about 2.2 meters by 2.2 meters. I imagine that as you get closer to the equator, it gets larger. And as you get closer to the poles, it gets smaller. But um, coincidentally, uh, where I am on my farm here, it's about 2.2 meters. And um, where I, I teach in Nepal, it's, it's about 2.2 meters as well. I've never actually checked out exactly precisely what it is. Anyway, it's fascinating. <clears throat> anyway, so I wondered what the significance of it is. And within these squares of 2.2 meters by 2.2 meter, meters, which is oriented to the northwest and to the northeast, there's 500 energy lines running that way and 500 running that way. So within that small area, you get 250,000 intersection points, each with unique um, electromagnetic properties. And what I've discovered <coughs> is that the seeds of trees are tuned into a specific point. So if I say I want to plant, um, <coughs> say, um, um, a particular eucalyptus, it'll, you know, 
go along and then it'll point in a certain direction, which will be northeast, it's showing me here. And then as I progress in that direction, it'll then point either to the southeast or whatever. And if you plant the tree there, it will grow fantastically well. And so just as a I just asked God to demonstrate this. So I say, show me 0% and it goes to my left. Show me 100% and it goes straight out in front of me. So imagine the tree is in its perfect position here. So I say, how well will it grow there? So it's saying 100%. As I back away or move in any direction, it goes down to zero. And this is amazing because when you plant trees with a tree planter, boom, 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 boom. I met this forester many years ago and we went around plantations. I said, Charles, there's about 3% of the trees that are so much better than the others and 3% that <coughs> are underperforming or even died. And he said, if you can find out the reason for this, you'll be worth a million dollars. Well, here I am. I'm worth a million dollars. But nobody's interested because they refuse to believe these things. It's just so frustrating. Do we, do we want to see if Santa Claus is real? <laughs> yes. <laughs> is Santa Claus real? <coughs> yes. 100%. Look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what mine was going very enthusiastically about it as well. When it goes all the way around, it's saying not just yes, but yes. Yes, <laughs> huge yes. We've got to have a real belief in this for the sake of the children. So, <coughs> oh, excuse my coughing. But, um, you well, if I can just quickly demonstrate something yes, else just, with vegetables. Just stop well, that. You need to stop that. You're making me cough. Oh, sorry. Yes, I want to know we what's your thoughts, David, on bacon soda. What's your thoughts on bacon soda? I, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. But let me just quickly show you this because this is fascinating. Um, in agriculture, everybody grows monocultures these days. But nature has symbiotic relationships between um, different plants. So I say, and I do this as I sit here, show me the best place or energy line on which to plant maize, corn. So it'll say there. and I, So it's a, a lining. So you wait till it aligns in a straight line which is exactly northeast southwest now corn needs lots of nitrogen and beans are legumes and they put nitrogen into the ground so i said where should i plant beans climbing beans in order to improve the performance of the corn so it says there which is about six inches to the northwest side of the of the um, corn so then i say Corn gets attacked by certain insects. So is there something that I can plant? <clears throat> Where should I plant it to keep these insects away? So it says, <coughs> plant something there. Oh so I then God. go through the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So I say ginger. And it says no. So I say garlic. And it says yes. <laughs> so you plant garlic or onions, which is the same family, one side on the southeast side of the um, corn and the then you plant um, the beans on the northwest. Now, it was really interesting because one of the children, because no, most of the children in the pile of children are farmers or their parents, their grandparents are farmers. And he said, oh, but David, we plant the, the beans and the corn at different times. So I say, I, I imagine 
and this is where your intuition comes into play. <coughs> I said, <coughs> imagine you plant the corn first. So he said, that is right. So I said to him, how high should the corn be before we plant the beans? So I just raised my hand up like this. And when I get to the appropriate height, it says that. So the corn has started to grow already and the, it carries on growing and the beans grow up it. So you don't need to provide any support for it, which is absolutely amazing. That's brilliant so, for companion planting. Oh, this is absolutely fantastic. So what God tells me with the divining is that you have four different plots um, or five different plots because one has to be fallow. <clears throat> so um, you have one selection of plants growing in plot one. And then the following year, you have another selection, another selection. So you, you have four different, five different areas. <coughs> so one is plot one with one selection. Oh, my goodness. <coughs> you want to get a drink of water? Oh, yeah. Oh, Barnox didn't do nothing to you. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> exactly. I haven't talked so much in years. <laughs> oh, you have to have a little rest. Um, can we go back to Cliff's big question, Grizzy? Which one? There was a big one, about three lines. Uh, I must have missed that one. He was asking about baking soda. Yeah, no, this is And more, another but... question was, what does David think about raised garden beds? Right. Yeah. Um, well, baking soda, it says um, it's a good question, but I, I just don't know quite what reference to say. Let's just have a say. Um, uh, I just think the question, and uh, it's saying yes, yes, yes. So um, is it beneficial for some plants? So uh, which plants might it be beneficial for? A, B, C, D, um, A, B, C, D. It's suggesting a, a vegetable beginning with D, which I can't think of a vegetable to beginning with D. A, C, D, A, B, C, D. E, those daikons, you know, like those radishes? Okay, okay. It's saying yes to that. Hmm. So, um, clever you. <laughs> ah, I never mm. heard of it. That's interesting. Mm. They're yummy. You, they're big, long, white ones, like a big, long radish, and you grate them. It's really, oh, really yeah. nice. I think they are Chinese radish, aren't they? Aren't they called yeah, Chinese radish? Yeah, daikon, daikon, they call them. Interesting really you nice. say that because somebody had some ailment and it recommended um, eat like that. Is that so, a yeah, it sure is. We're on another channel broadcast. David, how does people get a hold of you? Um, I, I can give you my email address. Okay. A-U-R-I-A-1069 at bigpond.com. And my Facebook page, which is easier, is just David or Facebook forward slash or Facebook.com forward slash David dot Kennett. K E double N E double T dot 96. Awesome. Yeah. So everybody check them out. And uh, we wanted to say uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. And hopefully everybody has a good Christmas. Uh, and thanks for all the fans watching the shows and stuff like that. And uh, we really appreciate everything. And uh, we will come back, uh, I think, on Tuesday. I think Lala shows come back on Tuesday. But uh, if you need anything, reach out to us, and uh, we'll, we'll on our next show, we'll do some uh, pendulum and yeah. uh, get that down pat. But from coast to coast, around the world, everybody, everybody have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you Thanks, soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank Take you care. so much for letting me participate. Absolutely, David. Thank Thanks you, sir. Thanks for coming, sir. David. Bye-bye. Be careful. Be careful.